Hey there, this is Meg. I'm your host, and you are listening to Mental Status, a podcast about burnout for people in the mental health profession. Quick disclaimer, because you know that stuff is important these days. Uh, Mental Status is a podcast about burnout in the mental health field. It's for entertainment and educational purposes only. This is not therapy, and this is not clinical supervision. There are no CEUs associated with this podcast. Enjoy it and share it as you will. And if you're in a space where you're needing deeper support, please seek out therapy or supervision for yourself from somebody who is qualified to provide those services for you. Okay, here we go. Welcome everybody to Mental Status. I'm Meg, I'm your host, and I am joined by a very special guest today and I'd like to let them introduce themselves. So, special guest, who are you, where are you, and how are you doing today? Hi, Meg. My name is Vitor. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, I am a student of a clinical mental health counseling program. I just started my second, um, I'm in my second semester now. And um, yeah, just a a passionate mental health advocate. Uh, a person that really values self-development for myself. And it's a, it's a journey that I took upon to, to help others as well. So yeah, I'm in Florida, (laughs) Naples, Florida to be exact. And I'm feeling very grateful to be here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And this is kind of cool because Vitor also has his own podcast, um, which maybe, maybe if you want to tell the audience a little bit about that podcast that you have right now. Yes. So, you know, I, when I started uh, the program, I, I, I do an online program now and I was like, I got to find a way to connect with other people. And how can I do that? You know, besides the people for, from my school and, you know, the people I'm interacting in class. So it's like, how can I do that? How can I connect with people in my field already as a student, you know? So then I started this journey of like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? And I was like, why don't I do a podcast? <laughs> so, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and so that's, I was actually looking for podcasts out there to see if there was anything for students, specifically for students in the mental health field, in the therapy field. And I couldn't find anything. And I was like, I'm just going to do it myself then. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so yes. I, I, I started the, the student counselor podcast a couple of months ago and it's, it's been great so far and it's, it's been a journey. I'm, I'm a newbie. I have no experience with it, but it's just been so good to connect and talk about my journey as, you know, a student connect with other students and, you know, bringing people on, on the show, learning from them, passing that knowledge to other students as well. Yeah. That's awesome. That's super exciting. Yeah. I think I can kind of relate. Um, Cause when I started the show about burnout, I was also looking for shows about burnout. Um, and there are some like, there are some other shows, but not specific to the mental health field. So I think I had a similar thought process of, <laughs> I need something. I think I'll just start it myself. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's, it's good to have you on the show. I'm really excited about this. Um, and I think it'll be really good because over the past several months, um, the, the listenership of the show and of some of my online presences has shifted a lot to students of mental health um, professions and to early career folks, so folks who are within the first couple of years of practicing after graduating. 
Um, And it's been really cool to connect with those folks specifically because it's such a unique part of the journey is going through school in those first few years. Um, And so I'd really just like to talk to you with your experience being in your, I think you said second semester? Yeah. Your second semester of school. Um, First of all, how's it going? And second of all, (laughs) have you experienced any burnout yet? (laughs) A lot. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's been going great. I mean, you you know, when you find something that you've always wanted to do and when you start doing it, it's like, yeah, this is exactly what I wanted to do. So as far as school and what I'm learning, I love it. You know, I've I started this this journey of like wanting to become a therapist back in high school when I was, you know, struggling with my own mental issues and my parents were splitting up and I was like trying to be the mediator, trying to keep Mm -hmm. them together. And I was like, that's not going to work. And um, I was like, okay, so why do people act this way? Why, why do, why do they feel this way? Why do they act this way? So I I was like, okay, I think I would, I would like to be a therapist and understand these things because I Mm -hmm. question them a lot myself, you know? So I, I started that journey and went to get my bachelor's in psychology and um and then eventually I was like I knew I wanted to be a therapist and I've never rushed through anything through my bachelor's I've I've always wanted to make sure that I was conserving my mental health and also like making sure that I had time for myself and working and, and doing all these things all at once so I, it took a little bit longer than usual but I knew that the ultimate goal was to be a therapist so starting the program recently was just was such a good feeling because I was like, yes, this is, you know, the first few classes already, I'm like, this is exactly what I've always wanted to do because the, the bachelor in psychology, it's, it's very broad and very general. You, you're not really learning that clinical interaction. You're with, you know, clients and things like that. So the masters, you know, in clinical mental health counseling, getting that experience, it's, it's, it's been great. I I love it. Very happy to be doing it. Yeah. (laughs) And but I got to say, um, the, the master level, it's, it's no joke. <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> it, 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 it really isn't. And because I feel like master students, graduate students, they're in a different part of their lives where, you know, they're growing and they're adult adulting and, and, you know, having all these other things to take care of or be concerned about. Um, not that bachelor student, you know, undergraduate students don't, but it, it's just different. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's just so much to, to do and so much to consider that, you know, w- within my, you know, these two semesters, I've had my share of moments where I'm like <laughs> losing hairs here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is mm-hmm. just so much to do so much to care for. And how do you do all of that while main, you know, maintaining your, your, your personal sanity and, you know, without going crazy, without saving time, you know, uh, without taking time from family, without taking time from friends, without taking time from things that you like to do as well. So I feel like that's part of my burnout story as a graduate student. And it's really what I hear a lot from school as well. You know, it's just people juggling everything that Mm -hmm. they do, you Mm -hmm. know, being a student, being a, a husband, being a wife, you know, being a mother, being a father, um, it's just a lot to do. And, and depending on how many classes you're taking simultaneously, it's a lot of homework and you feel this pressure to like oh, yeah. get everything done and do your best. And um, 
all the readings that you have to do it is like it's a, it's just an impossible amount like I, I can't I can't keep track I can't there's no way <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. how how do you manage that then personally like what have you done for yourself or what have you tried to do for yourself to try to manage all of those different responsibilities yeah so on my first semester it was a little bit different than the routine I kind of have in place now because on that first semester, I was just like, okay, now I'm starting and I'm just going to continue the life I was living before. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'll be fine. You know, yeah. um, after finishing my undergraduate in, you know, my bachelor's in psychology, I, I took almost two years off, you know, without going to school, just working, working. And, and so that was like, okay, I'm just going to start school and I'm just going to keep the same routine and I'll be fine. I just have to study in between, you know, <laughs> But uh-huh. I, I noticed quickly that that was not going to work. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not going to work. And so then I was like, OK, I have to change my routine. And for me, that's um, that really is what made a lot, you know, a lot better mm-hmm. for me personally. You know, just having a steady routine, at least during the week, uh, you know, doing things that keep me calm. Uh, you know, preserving time for family, preserving time for, for friends, preserving time to be with my fiance. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that it's probably one of the things that has really been keeping me, me calm and just keeping me going, you know, with trying to avoid burnout the best way I can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I remember when I was in school, those were some of the big things that they would talk about during classes. I think it was like a the professional development class or the ethics class talking about burnout, talking about how to make sure that you are staying well uh, as you're going through school and as you're working with people. And I guess I'm curious at this point, have you, have you taken a class that has talked about that? Or is that still something that you are yet to take is that professional development class? Uh, So, I mean, we've, as far as like burnout, you mean like something that talks kind of about that in personal development. Mm Mm-hmm. So I would say that all classes probably touched on a little bit. Um, in the beginning, my intro to counseling class, one of the, the papers we had to do was specifically for self-care, mm-hmm. which I value that a lot because even though it was talked about, and of course I knew that like, okay, I have to care for myself for me to care for others. You know, you, you kind of come into the field already knowing that but what does that look like you know Mm -hmm. so that paper about self-care and what I plan to do for my own self-care was really helpful that's probably what one of the things that really made me change my routine when I was doing that paper I was like okay I'm doing this now but maybe I can make it better you know Mm -hmm. Um, but in general I I would say a lot of the classes do touch on a little bit but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know about you and what kind of class, school you went to, but <laughs> these classes are so fast. My, my classes are eight weeks long mm-hmm. and it's just like learning all the material for a, a professor to keep that in, in the class as well. And having a whole class about it, it just mm-hmm. takes away from the other things that they have to teach. And it's just so fast. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's talked about, mm-hmm. but like, I feel like us as students or counselors, we have to get involved even deeper. And that's why I was so thankful to find your podcast early on. Uh, mm-hmm. When I started my podcast journey, I was like, okay, let me try to look for other podcasts, you know, you know, connect with other people in the field. 
And you were one of the first ones I found and started listening to. And I was just so grateful for it because it was, again, <laughs> during that time I was doing that paper of self-care. And I was like, God, this is so important. Like students need to listen to this kind of stuff more and be aware of what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And that's just mm-hmm. so important, you know? So, yeah, it's talked yeah. about, but we got to do more. <laughs> right, exactly. And I think, I mean, it, me asking that was probably a bit of a I don't want to call it a setup but that's like the whole premise of this show is like the schooling that we are um, that we put ourselves through and the classes that we take and even in those first few jobs there can be discussions around burnout and self-care and a lot of emphasis placed on the self-care plan um, which is fine like I'm I'm totally an advocate for knowing your own self and having a plan that you can follow. Um, but I think, you know, I asked that just because as a student, I had that experience of like, this is going really fast. And the topic of burnout was like lightly touched on at different points. And they would give a list of symptoms like, you know, low motivation, feeling disillusioned, irritability, all this kind of stuff, which um, actually sounds a lot like depression, which is a whole nother thing. But <laughs> Um, I found that going out into the field, there was not, there was not a way that I felt prepared enough to be able to recognize burnout and like know what the signs were for myself, um, and actually know how to do something about that. And I think I remember actually when you had, um, Victoria Fernandez on your show, I listened to, um, some bits of that episode where, you, the the two of you were talking about how a lot of us who are getting our master's degrees and going into fields like this, we're like super high achievers and we love to do things and do a lot of things all of the time. (laughs) And so like, I think it's, it's cool to get your perspective on this show because you're still actively in that process of everything feeling very new and fresh and exciting. Yeah. And already being able to recognize like, Oh, oh gosh, this is a lot. Like this is not sustainable. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I just think it's interesting to get that perspective on the yeah. show. Oh, most definitely. I think it's, it, it's, it's so valuable because a lot of the times, you know, like your show, I know it's, it's focused on burnout as, as future clinicians, but you know, that, that builds, it, it's something that I feel like builds up to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it starts here. It starts in grad school. It's how you manage it. And then how you prepare yourself, the kind of counselor you want to be and the things you want to focus on. And then sure, later, depending on the kind of work you do and how many patients you're seeing and the time in between sessions you have, that's probably going to add up. And I I learned that a a lot from the the kind of posts you create and other people online as well. But like, again, it starts here, Mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like sometimes as students, we're just like rushing to get to the next level. And that's mm-hmm. what I see a lot in school as well. And I, I, I gotta say, I, I probably do the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. you're yeah. just like, I just want to finish. I just want to be done with it. I just want to be a mental health counselor. I just want to be a social worker, or mm-hmm. I just want to be, you know, a professional counselor, wh- whichever option you're doing, whichever schooling you're doing, but we just kind of rush to the schooling just to get to the next level. And again, that can, easily create burnout for yourself mm-hmm. and it's it's so detrimental it, it can really be harmful to to you as a, a future counselor you know yeah and absolutely. and it's it's so important to to be involved with it early on 
And I remember when I started listening to your show, I was like, oh, man, do I, am I feeling burnt out now? <laughs> is, is this what it is? You know, especially when I added on the podcast, too, I was like, oh, there it is. You know, I'm adding more to it. That's that's me leading to burnout right there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but then I remember, like, like you said, Victoria, like usually this type of people in our field or people pursuing these kinds of degrees, they are the overachievers. You know, they want to do more. And, and it's OK. Mm-hmm. And I think it is OK for you to want to be successful. It Absolutely. is OK for you to want to do more for you to get to that next step. But just make sure that you also are looking out for yourself. Yeah. That you know your limits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think myself being an overachiever still to this day, which I, I feel like I I talk on and off about on, on the show and like on social media is like how easy it is to get hooked into that pattern of overachieving and wanting to do more. And I agree with you. It's a fantastic thing to want to achieve and be um, growing and developing and becoming, you know, the best version of yourself that you can be, whether that's through school or another line of, uh, of work. Um, but it is, it is something that tends to sneak up on you. Um, and I like, just in listening to your story, I can recognize, like, if I had the courage in grad school to start a podcast, I would have <laughs> like at that point in time, I was still pretty shy, but that's the type of like, let me do all the things. Let me learn all of the things. Let me take it all in. That can be really exhilarating and awesome when you're in those spaces. And it's a double-edged sword because it can lead to burnout if you don't have that self-awareness, which like, it sounds like through this process of um, either listening to this show or talking with other professionals, doing your own sort of like connecting with people in the field, you've been able to get maybe even like a broader understanding than a lot of your, your peers about what it might look like to, to burn out or overextend yourself or to try to figure out like, what type of clinician do you want to be? And how can you set that up now while you're in school, which I think is really cool that you're trying to do that. Yeah. I mean, I got to say, uh, sometimes I don't even know how I <laughs> decided that this would be a good idea to do a podcast. <laughs> I, think I, just, I think I can get, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as a graduate student, just like, okay, you're just going to add something else to it. And I mean, it's just, I've always been that person. Like even my fiance plays with me, you know, that's, that's just how he is. He's just going to do something else. Like, you know, I, when I was in, I was doing my undergraduate I actually self-published my own book on Amazon. It's, it's called Proceed Progress, A Young Adult's Approach to Living a Better Life. And basically after, you know, during high school and then I was going through my mental, uh, you know, development issues and things like that, I started writing as like self-therapy, you know, mm-hmm. just the things that I was going through and and just like how can, you know, like just analyzing everything in life and perspectives mm-hmm. and things like that to the point that I read a book that changed my life. And I was like, okay, I'm maybe I'll publish my own book. And I did that while being an undergraduate student, I was working two jobs and I made time to publish a book in between. I have no idea how, but I did it. It's not perfect by any means, but I was like, this is something I want to do and I'm going to go for it. And the podcast was the same thing. It's like, okay, you're a grad student, you're, you're adulting. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to add a podcast to it. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <Yes>. like, <laughs> that's just so much. Why are you doing this? But I, I got to say, 
when I started the podcast journey, I, I felt this pressure of like, okay, I got to keep making episodes one after the other one every week and creating content on Instagram. I got to do it. I got to do it. I want to grow this. Like, this is a good idea. I was super excited for it. And then listening to your show, I have to say, I keep giving you credit, but <laughs> you have no idea how much you've impacted it. And I just started analyzing it. I was like, this is, I, I'm going a little too fast. Yeah. I got to hit that break. You know, mm -hmm. it's not about quantity. It's about quality. Mm -hmm. And it's about, pres you know, preserving my mental health. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's when I was like, you know what, maybe I don't have to put an episode out every week. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll mm -hmm. take, I'll take more time to it. Like, it's just so much. Like, how can I keep up with school and, and keep up with my personal life? If I'm also worrying about doing a podcast every week and yeah. that wouldn't be a good thing for me or a good thing for my listeners. And I kind of took a break and I thank you for that because you've been, you've been a big, a big, a big help when that's in that part. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's, that's a lesson that is learned usually through experience because I mean, I even recently have learned my own lesson in that and the needing to slow down and recognize when you're putting the pressure on yourself instead of it coming externally, which regardless if it's external or, in, or internal, you can always take that time to say like, where's this pressure coming from? Is this something that I need to meet? Or is this something that I want to meet? Does it have to happen now? Can it happen later? And it's like yes. with your podcast, you've done that. I mean, even for myself recently, I think I shared on Instagram, like I was going to create this whole group coaching thing where I was going to do a whole, whatever the hell. And eventually I was like, I feel miserable trying to plan this. And I'm only doing this to myself. Let's just take a beat. We're going to slow down on this. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's so important to be able to take those moments to realize when you can actually slow down. Cause like there's so much of a feeling these days of wanting things to get done and get it done quickly. And a lot of really fast growth and like making a huge impact really quickly. But as is the case in like clinical work with patients as well, it doesn't happen that way, right? Like there's a process, you need time to yes. let things sink in. You need to let it sort of like take the course that it's going to take. And there's no reason to try to pressure the progress when it can happen naturally. So again, it's really cool that you've been able to take a step back and say, I want this to be a quality show. And so I'm going to take the pressure off of myself and let it, let it grow naturally instead of trying to push it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just like, and that's another thing that taking it from the, the student perspective, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you know, of course I did that for my show and then like took a step back, but same thing for students. Every student is different. You mm -hmm. know how much you can take mm -hmm. you, you know, who you are as a student, what you need to focus on, how fast you can read, what's important for you to read, what's not important for you to read, you know, where do you need to spend more time on? Are you a good writer? Do you take more time writing papers? And like, it's important for you to acknowledge mm -hmm. and, and to know those things and be aware of it, you know, and what that looks like for you. Mm -hmm. Because again, the same way that burnout looks different for everyone, 
avoiding burnout also looks different for everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you like, if you really are the type of person who is rejuvenated by spending a lot of time <clears throat> reading or talking with other people about the things that you're learning and that fills you up and you feel really good at the end of the day, that's awesome. If you're the type of person who feels like you should be doing that, but it feels awful because you're spending so much of your mental energy, like reading and consuming stuff and talking about it and reiterating. It's okay to admit that that's not for you. Um, and the, the sooner you can be honest with yourself about, you know, the best ways that you learn and the best ways that you move through a course or move through your internships or move into the field. Um, honestly, the better it will be for you. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. It's just, it's just knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. If, if that's really what it is, you know, mm-hmm. as a person, as a student, as a future therapist, mm-hmm. or as a current therapist, like yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that learning who you are, that in and of itself is a journey. I think personally, when I went through my graduate program, I had a major shift in my sense of self and a shift in who I thought I was to who I thought I was at the end. Um, and even now being a few years into my like full-time professional journey, that sense of self is still shifting, right? There's some, some core components that are still there. Some main things about me that are still true and have been for most of my life. But I mean, (laughs) that's what makes this journey so enticing and so cool and so overwhelming is especially going. Yeah, absolutely. You just you uncover so much about yourself. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if for you, even in these two semesters that you've been going through this program, have you learned anything new about yourself? Oh my God, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, I gotta bring it back to that routine because yeah. I've always been a person that it's like, if I sleep in too much, I've always like, oh, I slept in too much. And if I wake up too early, it's like, oh, I could have like slept in a little bit more. I've always been so hard on myself. Like even when I'm not in school, you know, I've always wanted to be productive, but at the same time, I've always wanted to relax and, you know, bringing it back to that routine. I've learned how important that was for me. It it wasn't about waking up earlier or staying in a little bit more in bed. It's just about following a routine and it's just Mm -hmm. how important that is. And I think for the first time in my life, probably it's how I've been consistent with mm-hmm. a routine and I've learned how much I value that. And I also learned not, how can I say this? I I've also learned to be critical of myself, but not so much to the point that like it hurts me, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a way it's like, I've learned to be realistic about myself and what I yeah. can do and cannot do, you know? Um, so what, what, what that means is just like, okay, I want to have a routine, but I can't have it seven days a week. (laughs) Right. That's not who I am, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was like, how can I be realistic? How can I make sure that I'm doing what I want? But at the same time, like, I'm I'm just, you know, I'm making sure that it's, it's realistic to to me, who I am as a person, you know? So for me, I was like, all right, I'm going to create a routine. It's Monday through Thursday. That's like, I think Mm -hmm. that's a good start, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, those are my days. I'm not planning anything. I'll just do, I'll just deal with them as they come, you know? And I felt like that was just a a thing that I've learned. It's like, 
just setting up realistic boundaries for mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. and understanding what you can and cannot do. And I would say also as a student, <laughs> you know, again, in the beginning, that first semester, I was like, I got to read everything. I got to do everything. I got to keep up with all of this stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, this is also unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just no way I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's sometimes I felt bad because I was like, am I the only one that's not keeping up with these readings? You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then I started to think I started to notice people in my class because my class, you know, they're through video. We meet once a week. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's, even though it's an online program, it's not something that you just go in and doing your own thing. We, we meet every week for every class and you have to be on video and participate. And, you know, that's kind of how you kind of get your grade for every class. Um, and I was like, and I'm noticing the kind of people I'm studying with, you know, I was like, there's no way this guy's keeping up with the reading, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like he's telling about, you know, people are telling me about their lives and what they're doing and the kind of mm-hmm. work that they do. And I'm just like, there's no way. And then I started feeling less bad. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. there you go. Victoria. you're not the only one. There's mm-hmm. other students out there feeling the same thing. Mm-hmm. So taking on that, taking off the pressure off my shoulders sometimes and just giving, taking a step back and understanding like, Hey, it's okay. Yeah. It's you're not the only one, you know? Absolutely. So I, I I'd say I, I learned a lot about myself as, as, as far as like being realistic and creating realistic boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so important. Um, being able to have a, as you said, realistic view of your own self and the things that you're able to do and the things that you're not realistically able to do and trying to be a little nicer to yourself about it. Like, okay, like maybe I'd like to be able to do this, but I can't. And these other folks are in the same boat. Um, and it's good that you bring that up too. Cause I know you mentioned at the beginning, part of why you wanted to start your podcast was to create community with people. Um, which is something that I talk a lot about on this show as well, is that importance of having people around you who are either going through the same thing or who have gone through the same thing, just to create that sense of like, okay, I'm not alone in this, this process that feels very isolating. Um, so for you, what has it been like for you to kind of intentionally create community and find community as a student in this program? It has been amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the journey started because when I started a program, you're automatically getting so excited, mm-hmm. especially when you're like understanding like, oh, this is exactly what I've wanted to do. And then you want to talk and you want to like engage with other people. And naturally, I talk to the person that's next to me, my fiance, mm-hmm. and I'm talking to her every day. And I'm just like, and she's an architect. She's not a, a you know, in the <laughs> human in the human uh, service world, you know, yeah. Um her things are drawings and numbers, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't bug her 24 (laughs) seven about mental health and everything else that I'm learning. And so quickly I noticed, and again, I love her to death. She's my, my best friend. I I couldn't Mm -hmm. be more grateful to have someone with like, you know, like I found in her and we've been together for 12 years since high Mm -hmm. school. Um, but at the same time, I was like, we're different people. I I can't, (laughs) I can't put, I can't talk to her and her only. And, and then after that, I've always been a person that loves to share the things that I'm excited about. Mm -hmm. And I was like kind of sharing it on my own personal page on Instagram. But then at the same time, I was like, these listeners and also probably most of my listeners here, most of my friends, they're probably not the audience for this too. Mm -hmm. 
in and out. That's kind of how I found myself to be a little bit lonely. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, like, this is not it. You know, like I have to find another way. And actually, I, I found that, you know, that I wanted to create community in therapy myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I started going to therapy early on as a graduate student in my first semester because I started hearing the importance of, of just being involved. And I was like, I'm going to go through this long. I'm going to find a therapist and hopefully find this long um, therapeutic, going this long therapeutic journey mm-hmm. with someone through grad school and like talk about my daily things and the things that are, that are coming up, you know, nothing mm-hmm. major was happening, but I wanted to have a therapist to just go and talk to someone, you know, mm-hmm. and the mom, you know, by going to therapy, explaining those issues that I was having, Hey, I'm only talking to my fiance. Hey, I, I only engage with people in my field when I'm in class. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of, my, my therapist kind of pushed me to like, okay, you have to maybe join a, a group of some sort, you know, mm-hmm. and, or, or, or something like that. Just be involved in your community somehow, like, and you can find groups and things like that online or in person. Yeah. And that had me thinking, I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. And then I was like, why don't I just create my own group? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause again, that's just how I am. You know, I'm going to do something myself. And through that, through that journey, it's been so amazing just to connect with people. I've had so many good feedbacks from students uh, that just reached out to me and say how valuable the, 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 sh- the show has been for them, just having someone to relate to through their process. I had people that didn't even start school mm-hmm. and they reached out to me like, oh, this is good because now I kind of know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And, and then they reached out to me later, like I just got accepted to the program, yes. you know, and then they're awesome. starting later. And it's like so amazing that I've been able to connect with people and mm-hmm. uh, in my field and, and be able to share stuff that are related to, to them about my daily life as a student and mm-hmm. just realizing that people actually care about it, you know? Yeah. Um, and by no means, I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge podcaster, you know, but I'm just, it's again, it's about quality for me. Mm-hmm. Just those few people that listen, those few people that relate that already has been so amazing to me. Absolutely. It's so good to, to create community around it. And also connecting with people that are already in the field mm-hmm. like yourself and other people that I've met and understanding the day-to-day life of a therapist, you know, mm-hmm. and what that looks like. And that already has been amazing through my student journey, you know, yeah. understanding what it is to be a student is important, but also understanding what it is to actually be a therapist mm-hmm. is so important. So yeah, it's been great. I, I love the community I've, I'm creating and, I know there's a lot more to, to go through. I, again, I'm only on my second semester. I, I can see how it can grow even further. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of the cool thing about, um, I mean, this, this kind of stuff was already happening prior to COVID. Um, and obviously, not that COVID is a cool thing, because it's not, but <laughs> there's been a lot more at least I've seen over the past several years and opening up to the, the, the drive and the interest in creating these more um, expansive communities that reach further than your own local area. 
Um, and I think there's a lot of value in, in both types of things, right? Like if you're a student who's in a program locally and you have a local cohort, that's super cool. Vitor, I'm, I'm similar to you where my program was online. So all of yeah. my cohort was spread across the United States. Um, so actually like this type of thing probably feels relatively natural to both of us because we're yes. already in a position where we're making community with professionals in the field who are elsewhere. They're not like in a classroom with us physically. Yeah. Um, but it is super cool to hear that like from the get go, you have been seeking and intentionally creating community for yourself. Um, which, you know, if you're a student listening to this show or even, even a, a practicing professional, like this, this is part of why I like to talk about it because things like burnout can be so isolating and because grad, grad school can be really exciting, but also isolating, it's really important that you find those folks who you can talk to and connect with. And even if you're not talking about like professional stuff or school stuff, finding like-minded folks who, who are on the level that you're at. So you have some of that yes. camaraderie. Um, somebody that you can like commiserate with or share your excitement with, um, which it really sounds like for you, Vitor, you've, you've been able to do that in a lot of kind of cool ways, which maybe even a few years ago wouldn't have exactly been, um, the method of your choosing. So that's, that's pretty cool that you've been able to do that. Yeah. I, I gotta say, I, I've always wanted to, to do something online and have some mm -hmm. kind of an online presence like even like years ago. And it's just like, I never did it because I didn't know what that was. Mm -hmm. So that automatically when I was like, okay, I'm, you know, maybe I'm going to do a student counselor podcast. That sounds like a good idea. I didn't hesitate. I remember it was doing like Thanksgiving area and automatically I bought like a microphone because yeah. it was on sale. I was like, there you go. I'm going to buy a microphone and that's how I'm going to commit to it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And um, yeah, and it's just been so good to, to connect with people and, and, and learn from other people in the field as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And one thing that just came to my mind is I remember um, going through school and this was pre-COVID when I was in my program. Um, there was a lot of conversation around therapist as self or self as therapist. So like, how do you present to the world as a therapist, both like in the public sphere and also in the therapy room. Um, I'm just kind of curious to hear if you've learned anything about that, or if you have any ideas for yourself about the type of image you want. And I'm, I'm asking this primarily from like, obviously my own experience of being fairly public now on Instagram and sharing some stuff that like, at least from my page, some people could find maybe a little divisive, but not entirely so uh, from that anti-work therapist page. I'm just, yeah. I'm always curious to hear, especially newer therapists, their ideas about what it means to show up publicly as mm. a therapist today. That's, that's a great question. I think that, I think that for me, what that means is just being your true self, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, who you are as a person is also who you're going to be as a therapist mm -hmm. and they're going to correlate with one another. So I, I think if you just be your true self, mm -hmm. you're going to become a, a great therapist because of that. 
You're mm-hmm. not putting two different images, you know, mm-hmm. of course, when you're in a therapy room, you put in your therapy hat and now you're a therapist. And when you're outside of the therapy room, you're just Vitor or you're just Meg, you know, mm-hmm. but again, they correlate with one another. So you have to be, I think, true to yourself and who you are and, and what you like and what you dislike. Uh, and I, and I see, and it's just amazing. Like I, I'm trying to remember the post that you made and it said something about like, not a lot of people are going to relate to what I say. Mm-hmm. And that's true in a therapy room as well. Some people are going to connect with you. Some are not. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, <laughs> you yeah. know, and yeah. that's okay. There's other therapists out there. If you don't like me, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. it's not something that I did, you know, ethically or, or, or legally or something like that. If it's just like, Hey, I feel like I didn't connect with this person mm-hmm. and that's okay. And in the real world, you're not really, you don't connect with everyone, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. as long as you're treating everyone with respect, and, you know, just keeping, just keeping, uh, just maintaining truth to who you are, you know, you're going to find people that relate to you yeah. and connect with you. Yeah. And I think that's what that means to me, you know, just, I'm just so, I, I always look forward to like how that's going to look like as a therapist. Yeah. Cause I know what that looks like for me now as in my own life, I know the kind of friends I have. Uh, in doing a you know podcasts, I know the goal is to connect with other students in the field, mm-hmm. and I always try to do that by maintaining my identity and who I am. Yeah. You know, bringing that to the real to the to the therapy room is important. Bringing that to this the podcast that's important. Absolutely, yeah. And I ask that partially because <clears throat> I, I think for good reason there are a lot of discussions in school um, about the ethics around showing up publicly either on social media or how you present to the world as a therapist. Um, But I bring it up because I know for myself as a student and a lot of the peers that I had, there is a lot of fear involved in being public, like showing up as yourself. Um, And and I think like the tie-in for me is when I was not showing up authentically, when I felt like I had to be a different person as a therapist, that that wasn't the the main or the only contributor, but that did not help my burnout mm. when I was trying to show up and be somebody that I was not, or have mm. a certain image about myself, or when I felt like I couldn't talk about things that were important to me in a sphere that was more than just my close friends and family. Um, so that's that's kind of why I bring it up and and why I was curious to hear your perspective on being public as a therapist, especially from, you know, the student standpoint of what does it mean and how can that be helpful? So, yeah. And I think that and I've seen people online who maybe don't don't share everything, you know, you can tell mm-hmm. and it kind of I mean, I, I guess there's probably reasoning behind it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, we understand, I, I understand. Um, but that does create some kind of disconnect in my eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you do that again with, as a therapist, you're going to create disconnect with your clients, you mm-hmm. know? So if there's reasoning behind it, if it's like family security reasons, whichever, mm-hmm. I, I understand. I mean, who are we to judge? We don't know their stories, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I, I think it's important for you to do it slowly and build up to it mm-hmm. and see what kind of doors that open for you, you know, 
So I try, I'm trying my best to be that person <laughs> as a student now. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm learning so much about it, but it's just like, <laughs> I feel like there's still more for me to, to learn and grow about myself. Uh, I've have my self doubts issues as well. It's like, mm -hmm. am I doing enough? Am I, am I doing okay? Is this, you know, do I do less? Do I do more? Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, every time that I put myself out there, I'm always happy, <laughs> you know, yeah. like the same time, it, it, the same reason is like when I had the idea of publishing a book or, or starting this podcast, I know that if I didn't do it, it was going to be lingering in my brain and <laughs> it wasn't going to go away. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, and it's hard to put yourself out there to share your story, you know, mm -hmm. of who you are. But again, like you said in that post, someone will relate. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And even if it's one person, <laughs> yeah, like that's that's already enough for me. Yeah, absolutely. That that willingness when you're ready to be vulnerable in a way that feels maybe like you're just pushing up to that edge for yourself. Like you're not going to a place where you're just spilling everything, but you're allowing yourself to show up as a human because you are. You are. Yeah, yeah. You, you can be human. You can say, these are the places I've been. This is what has led me here. These are the things that I find important, um, at least for myself as a, as a practicing therapist. Now that has been one of the biggest tools that has brought me clients that I really love to work with who really connect with me and I connect with them is that vulnerability. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, there always has to be that disclaimer of like, the, the clients are not there to serve me. They're not there to listen to my vulnerability. They're not there to like provide me care. However, when you can show up as yourself and be that fully human person, the, the student or the therapist or both, um, I, I have found that the connection has been, it has felt more authentic to me, um, yeah. which again has really helped with burnout and reducing yeah. some of that when I feel like I'm fully present in the room. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I learned a lot about showing up as myself and, and being vulnerable with Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. And I know I told, I, I think we messaged and talked about it a little bit <laughs> online, mm -hmm. but I've, I've read so many of her books and absolutely love her work. And if you guys don't know who whoever's listening, <laughs> who Brene Brown is, definitely check her out. Yes. Um, but yeah, her podcast, her, you know, her videos online has really helped me just show up for who I for who I am mm -hmm. as the way she likes to put it. Show up to show up and be in the arena, you know, mm -hmm. and be seen. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it was hard. It, it is so hard to do that, you know. I had so many doubts when I was publishing my book because it's like a story. It's like my own story. I, I published it when I was 25 years old mm -hmm. and I was like, I don't even, I'm not even a, a therapist yet. Like, <laughs> what am I doing? Why am I publishing a book? You know? But I was like, this is, this is who I am. These are stories that I've lived from my young adult life. And I mm -hmm. want to publish it now. I don't want to publish it later. I'll publish another one later if I want, you know? <laughs> and I've constantly struggled with like, do I want to do this? Mm -hmm. You know, do I want to publish a book? Do I want to start a podcast? Do I want to connect with other people? Do I want to create online content on Instagram and, and, and silly reels, you know, to connect mm -hmm. with people? Do I want to do that? But at the same time, it's like, every time I do it, every time I show up for myself, 
as who I am and try to be as, as vulnerable as I can be, it's always been rewarding to me. It's, mm-hmm. There's always, it, it's just, it's more authentic, like you said. Yeah. And it just creates so much more than just that one thing that I'm doing. It, it gives me fulfillment, <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's so important for, for students to to explore ideas while they're in school, um, different ideologies, different theories and who they want to be as as therapists. But connect them with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be <laughs> Freud. <laughs> you don't have to be Carl Rogers. Nope. Nope. <laughs> You're, you just have to be you just have to be you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that message um, because it, it's a, a simple message, but not an easy one for a lot of people. Um, simple to hear and say, yes, just be you. And as you've just talked about, like, it's not always easy to show up as yourself, um, especially when you're going through these growth processes of being in school and being a new therapist. And I imagine that that process will be entirely new and different once you start your internships oh yeah Um, (laughs) which is like (laughs) oh my goodness if you want vulnerability overload there you go that is it um oh meg don't make me think about this now (laughs) when when, when do you start internship anyways you know and that's a good question because i I don't know if every program is like this but Mm -hmm. my program is very flexible as far as the amount of classes you can take and Mm -hmm when you want to take them and when you want to do your internship and things like that. So Mm. naturally when I started the program, they gave me a a course to, or a plan to follow, you know, Mm -hmm. a plan of study as they called. Um, And again, you can follow that as much as you want, (laughs) as as much as you wish, but they had me starting internship in the third semester. So essentially here in the summer, I would be starting internship. That was the plan of study that they gave me, but Mm -hmm. I am not doing that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm not doing doing it. That's what the court, the, the, the study, the plan of study that they gave me and the one that a lot of students follow it, but I didn't feel like it was realistic for me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do my classes first, Mm -hmm. or at least a a larger portion of my classes first. Mm -hmm and then do my internship. I, and again, no judgments here. Every student is different. You know who you are, you know how much you can take, but like, I, there was no way I could keep up with my personal life, mm-hmm. go to take classes at the same time as doing an internship, working full time. There is no way. I mean, I'm sure I could do it, but I was going to be burned out for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a good recipe and, for it. Yeah. And again, if you're the kind of student that can handle it, and I know a lot of people in my program are that started at the same time as me, they're going to be starting in the summer. And again, everybody has different lives. Maybe you're not working full time. Maybe, maybe you don't have, you you feel like you can just do it and that's Mm -hmm. fine. You know, I don't live your life. I don't know your life. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, I felt like that wasn't realistic, but at the same time, I started to question, okay, is this mm-hmm. me again? Is it just me thinking this, you know, are other mm-hmm. students out there doing the same thing? Mm-hmm. And one thing that I'm very grateful for on my school, uh, I go to university of the Cumberlands and they're located in Kentucky mm-hmm. and again, it's fully online. And they have a Facebook group just for mm-hmm. students and people, alumni that graduated from that program, you know, 
from the Clinical Mental Health Counseling Program. And on there, <laughs> I started reading, you know, the, we share stuff about professors and classes to take and things like that, which has been helpful. But there was a lot of posts on there about also like what kind of plan of study you should take. You like what's the best route? And of course, that looks different for everyone. But I noticed that a lot of people said that if you can take it slow, or if you can take most of your classes before you jump into internship, it's a great thing. <laughs> and I was like, mm -hmm. and I in that moment I felt such a relief. Because again, I was doubting myself of who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, here you are. You're being slow. You're not being enough, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I noticed, I was like, no, there's other people out there that agree with this, you know? Yeah, and totally. I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. So I am not taking internship in the summer. <laughs> yeah. yes. uh, I'm hoping to start internship by next year. Oh. Um, so I'm going to have the two semesters falling up here with just classes. I'm planning a wedding in between. Like, there's no way I could keep up. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> like my, my wedding is long overdue. Again, I've been together with my, my fiance 12 years. And, and it's not only my fault that we have not gotten married. You know, there's <laughs> other things in life. We've always appreciated just doing, you know, going to school first and taking your time because we met together. We met in high school. There's mm -hmm. no reason to rush. If we're going to be together, you're going to be together. Mm -hmm. And you know, planning a wedding and it's going to be out of the country. It's just like, there's no way I can do an internship now. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, no. That's, I mean, and again, like, it's just really cool that you're able to, um, despite maybe some of that external pressure or conditioning of like, go faster, do more, do it all at once, get it done. Like you're still able to say to yourself, mm, I would rather take it at a pace that works for me. I'd rather be able to feel more comfortable, have a little bit more uh, of my classes under my belt and get some of this other life stuff taken care of and get through that. So I'm not stressing about literally everything all at the same time, which yeah. is really, really smart. Um, <laughs> I'm pointing at myself. Some of us don't do that. Um, <laughs> it's it's a good thing to hear. And I think it, you know, for other students or early career professionals or even later career professionals who are struggling with the same stuff to hear this and also recognize like, there's no, there's really no specific timeline that you have to follow to make it as fast as possible. Um, for the most part, in most circumstances, you can take it at a pace that works for you. And you can, you can be slow or fast or somewhere in the middle. Um, as long as you're taking care of you in the process, which yeah. going back to that overachiever thing, like it's very easy for people like us who like to achieve and do a lot of stuff to lose sight of the fact that in order to achieve and do a lot of stuff, we really need to be well, and we need to be um, in a place where we can function day in and day out. Um, so yeah. good. I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that your internships are not until next year. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going slow. And, and it's like, again, it's just bringing back to that being realistic to who you are and what you can do and cannot do. Mm -hmm. You know, every, everybody has a different path. And mm -hmm. if you can do it, great. And I hope you do well. I hope you don't burn out and 
-hmm. But again, just know who you are and what you can do. And I, mm -hmm. I remember I did an episode on my show. It was like the third episode. And it was during New Year's. I get very reflective on New Year's. Mm -hmm. And it's just like thinking about what I did, thinking about what I want to do. And I had just started the podcast and it was like the third episode. And I did this episode, which it was just talking about like, what's the right path, you know? And it was a question that I, it ha I was questioning myself during that time, like Thanksgiving, this December, I was, you know, that question came up around a lot during the other conversations that I was having and just realize there is no right path. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's mm -hmm. only your path, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, and you're going to be a different student than who I am. You're going to be a different like therapist than, than who I will be. Mm -hmm. And understanding who you are and creating your path. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the most important thing. Awesome. Yeah. I like that. Again, it's, it's simple to take in, maybe not as easy to implement, but when you can, and when you do, it makes all the difference. So. Oh, trust me. I struggle a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're talking, you're talking about the queen of struggle over here. I'm, I struggle all the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I might sound like, Oh, I got it together. And like, I, I you know, I, do a podcast, like I'm doing good, but like, ah, there, there's nights, there's sleepless nights where oh, for sure. yep. anxiety kicks in. <laughs> yes. yes. That you start questioning yourself and even as therapists, you know, and that's another good uh, topic actually mm -hmm. that came up. I think even the first time that we communicated that automatically when we decide to become a therapist, decide mm -hmm. to pursue a degree to be a therapist, to be a counselor, to be a social worker. The moment that you decide that automatically you, you feel this pressure mm -hmm. to have it all together. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. Automatically. And like then you, you meditate every day and uh, yeah. Like yeah. And then the way people look at it, the mm -hmm. other people, mm -hmm. family members, friends, people that know you or people that don't know you, the moment that they know, Oh, he's, he's going to be a therapist. You know, he probably knows how to handle this stuff. He's got it together. Yeah, no. sure. We're no. people, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we yes. are people. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and I feel like students, like students in this field struggle a lot with that. Just this pressure that mm -hmm. they have to keep keep a certain image of who they are, uh, uh, keep sanity. And that itself can be a burnout story right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely this, um, again, the internal and external pressures and expectations. It is interesting how those shift so drastically once you make that decision or once you start your first course in grad school, like, okay, now I am a therapist or I'm training to be a therapist. And so that means I'm always cool and calm. I always use yeah. nonviolent communication. Nobody yeah. ever like makes me mad. And I, I meditate and eat, you know, all of the quote unquote, whatever you want to call it. Every day. Food. I don't skip a day. Every day. Yep. It's all great. <laughs> um, which I think that's the thing I've appreciated most about like talking to people on this show and just in general online and, and connecting with people is that big validation of no, actually we also have big emotions and sometimes we don't know how to handle them. A lot of the time for myself, I don't know how to handle it until maybe a couple hours down the road or maybe a couple of days later. I'm like, oh yeah, I probably could have done something different with that. 
Um, and like, you know, it, it burnout, it's as much a factor of the systems that you're in, but also there's that, again, that internal process that happens when you put a lot of pressure on yourself and you tell yourself it has to be perfect and you don't give yourself the compassion to slow down or take a break or step away from something if you need to. So yeah, yeah, we're definitely human. We don't have it all together. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I connect with you so much. And like, sometimes you post stuff and I'm like, Oh my God, Meg. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So important, you know, like, come on, we, we are people. I don't have it. That was one of the things that also struggle with in the beginning and, and, through therapy, you know, going to therapy myself. Uh, I remember one of the things that my therapist said is like, Hey, you put on your therapist hat when you want to, when you're going to be talking about therapy or helping mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. outside of that, you take out the hat and you're just mm-hmm. Vitor, you know, Vitor has fun. Vitor does other things. Vitor mm-hmm. has a life. Vitor has struggles. Yes, absolutely. I like that. Your, your therapist is smart. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a, a difficult lesson to learn and I feel like it's a process, but it's a good lesson to learn too, is, is being able to participate in your own humanity, even when you are in a profession of helping other people. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I feel like the, the other constant pressure that students have as far as like the moment that they become students in the field, you know, besides like, okay, I have to have it all together is, um, is that a lot of, a lot of the times people in there are studying to be in this field, they're not actually working in anything related to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they, they feel this, this pressure to just to get there and, mm-hmm. and just to do it well and, and, and keep up with this image and keep up with their mental health and just keeping up with everything or just, mm-hmm. oh, I want to become a therapist like tomorrow, you know, and then you start <laughs> doubting yourself yep. Yep. <laughs> like, OK, but am I ready yet? Mm-hmm. So it's just it's so interesting. And I, and I love that you have this, you gave me this opportunity to come on here and and talk about it as from a student perspective, because. Mm-hmm. I know that students and you know, you can, I'm sure you can agree that as students, the moment that you decide to come on this field, especially if you're not working on the field already mm-hmm. or anything related to it, you know, I'm a healthcare recruiter. I help people find jobs. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. I talk to people and I'm helping them, but it's not in a therapeutic way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like, and again, you can probably relate that the moment that you decide to take on uh, this, this, row of, of becoming a grad student in the mental mm-hmm. health field, you automatically put on this pressure on yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When I was, when I went into grad school, I was working in um, marketing for a home shopping network. And so I felt like those two worlds were directly at odds. Like, oh, here I am working to sell useless garbage to people who genuinely don't really need it. Like it's just stuff that's going to fill a landfill someday. I was doing that. (laughs) I was doing that as my day job while pursuing this, like this passion of mine. And this thing that I wanted to do is like, I just want to get through this. I don't want to be doing all of this stuff over here anymore. I just want to be here. And Mm. for someone like me, 
and maybe you, I don't know, like impatience is a theme. <laughs> yeah. Let me just get there. And that's okay. If you feel that it's okay. If you feel that excitement and that energy around wanting to meet those goals, it's normal, super normal. Um, but just know that this, this process going through school internships, your first few jobs, it is a process and there is a lot to be learned in those moments. Even when you feel like, even if you feel like you're stagnant or you're not going as fast as you want or think you should be, there's a lot of stuff that is happening as you're moving through these processes that you may not even know about until years down the road and say, Oh yeah, no, that was, that was pretty big for me when I was going through that. But at the time it just felt like I wanted to, I wanted to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> cool. Well, I certainly appreciate you coming on and talking today. And as I do with all of my guests, um, I do just want to ask before we close out this episode, um, if you were to leave the audience with something to think about or something to chew on as they close down their podcast app and go about their day, what would you want them to know? That's a great question. Um, I think I think it comes back to that being realistic, mm-hmm. being realistic of who you are, mm-hmm. what you can do and what you cannot do. Mm-hmm. Everyone is different. Everyone has a different path. You don't have to, you know, it's not because this person is this kind of therapist that you have to be this kind of therapist. It's not because this person is able to read all the readings in school and, you know, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. turn in their homework a week before. It doesn't (laughs) mean that you have to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not because, again, you're starting, people are starting internships early. It's not, doesn't mean you have to do it. So just be realistic to who you are what you can do, what you cannot do, what you need to do for your own self, you know, as mm-hmm. far as like, for me, keeping up a routine. And again, just being realistic. If I don't follow that routine for that one day, don't be so critical of yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure, you want to be critical. So you keeping up with the standards that you want to set up for yourself, but also at the same time, don't be so critical that you're hurting yourself. And that's something I've I'm always learning my, you know, to do. Mm-hmm. And I struggle with all the time because, uh, I'm constantly in my head and having my own thoughts and anxiety, you know, but yeah. at the same time, I always try to bring it back to like, okay, be realistic. You're doing okay. You're mm-hmm. doing fine. So I think that's probably, if, if I were to pick one thing, it would be that mm-hmm. just be realistic with who you are as a, as a student, as a future therapist and what you know, what you can do and what you cannot do. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's great advice. I appreciate that. And I'm sure the listeners will appreciate that too. It's, it's always good to be reminded that we're human and we need to be realistic about what's possible. Yeah. Thank you so much, Meg, for having me. And it's been so, so fun. I'm just so happy. This is the first time I'm on a a show as a guest. So definitely will be one to be remembered (laughs) absolutely this is awesome thank you so much for joining i really appreciated it yeah thank you (laughs) hey everyone thank you so much for listening today i hope you enjoyed this episode as much as i did and i hope that whoever or wherever you are you can start having more conversations in your circles of support about better ways to support ourselves and to support each other through burnout. 
If you like today's show, please make sure to head over to wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. If you're listening on Apple podcasts, I would love it if you left a rating and a review on there to help get the word out. Thanks so much, y'all. Until next time, take care of yourselves and I will see you again soon.